You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Well, no one knows your body better than you, and your body is constantly giving you feedback on your daily activities. And sometimes that feedback gets your attention in the form of pain. Pain is different for each person, but if you've been experiencing chronic or unmanageable pain, there's help for you. And we are joined by today's uh, podcast guest, Dr. Daniel Moyce, and he is a specialist in pain medicine. And Dr. Moyce will uh, take us through a, a basic understanding of pain. So Dr. Moyce, thank you for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me, Greg. For the average person, um, when you say pain, um, it can be a scary word. Uh, Pain, everyone's experienced it in some fashion. Um, What is pain in its very basic state and what role does it play in daily life? Sure, that's a a very simple but, you know, complex question. And Pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional process. So pain is not just the ouch, I hurt. Pain is how you react. It's the emotional component of pain. Think about it. If you didn't care that you hurt, it it wouldn't be a big deal. But it's that feeling of, uh, you know, the emotional, the fear, the the emotions that come with pain that make it something that's feared by many people. And everyone has felt pain. There's not a single person on this earth unless you have extremely rare genetic uh, mutation that hasn't felt pain. And there's multiple different types of pain. Um, It affects people with all different ages, walks of life. There's multiple different types of pain. Our job is really get to the bottom of that pain and try to best match up the pain that they're having and the best treatment available. Um, What is there a most common version of pain? the way a person becomes aware of pain, or does that also take many uh, different forms? Yeah, and there's a lot of ways you can look at pain. I think the most simple way that peop- that I, I look at pain, I think most people do, is an, an acute versus a chronic pain. Acute pain is something as simple as you stub your toe, you burn, um, you actually burn yourself on the stove, uh, you sprain your ankle. Uh, everyone has felt acute pain and, or you had surgery. I mean, surgery is a source of acute pain and everyone's felt that maybe not had surgery, uh, but you feel acute pain. Now chronic pain is by definition, anything that lasts more than three months. And, um, you know, and chronic pain could be an acute pain that never gets better. It can be cancer pain. It could be nerve pain. So I think the most simplistic way to look at it is acute versus chronic uh, I think another way to look at it is, is this a nerve pain? Is this a, what we call a somatic pain, like a broken bone or a trigger point? Or is this a visceral pain? Is it deep in your belly and it's from your stomach or gallbladder? Is this a cancer-related pain? Um, and I think all those things are taken into account is, number one, what type of pain? Is it, is it new or is it lingering? Or, and also where the pain is coming from again, helps match up the treatment, the best treatment for that pain. It's a very complex question, Greg, but that's how I generally look at it in a very simplistic manner. I had uh, looked at some uh, material that indicated that uh, 
as they've done research on pain, because it's it's not a brand new topic, some describe uh, pain as a kind of like an alert system for the brain that then tells an individual or their body, maybe I should get this looked at. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the whole point of pain is, is, you know, if there's a problem, it alerts ourselves to it. And we either remove ourselves from that situation. If you think a very simplistic, uh, you know, if you step on a tack or you stub your toe, your body knows how to recoil or you feel that warm stove by accident and you immediately lift your hand. Naturally, yes. Um, and I think if you're pain, you have pain in your body and it's lingering, I think that is a sign that, you know, you should probably have it looked at. And if it linger, if it's lingering or getting worse or changing, those are obviously things that we want to know. And uh, those are the questions that we're going to ask you so we can best identify uh, where this pain is coming from. But yes, if it's lingering, I think it's something that absolutely should look into. Most times it's, it's benign things, but obviously it can be something more insidious um, and dangerous. And I think those are important things to note. Okay. And does the level of pain, can that differ by the individual? Is, is pain uh, really not the same for every person? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. And I think that the answer to your question simply is yes. Pain is highly variable between patients. And you could line up 10 people with the same problem, and likely they're going to have different pain scores. Some people will be angry. Some people may be crying. Some people may look okay. Uh, how people react to that is really, you know, their individual makeup. And that could be cultural, could be religious. It could be their prior experience with pain. So I think it is a highly, highly variable thing. And that's what makes pain very challenging is it's not as simple as getting a MRI, uh, although these are obviously helpful things. Um, but pain is so individual and it's an emotional response. And obviously, everyone's emotions vary depending on certain situations. So absolutely, it, it, it's what makes pain very, very challenging is it is very individualized. And I think that's the crux of what we do is try to figure out your pain in your context to best come up with a treatment for you. Uh, when an individual goes to a clinic uh, or maybe in the hospital, they're given uh, uh the vital signs are checked uh, frequently, and um, that's used to assess the overall state of uh, the patient or the person seeking care. Um, the Joint Commission, which uh, supervises healthcare, kind of made pain a uh, extra vital sign that's just extremely important. Is, is pain really that key to uh, an overall understanding of if you're in a situation that needs help um, and uh, should be looked at along with uh, oxygenation and heart rate and some of the other things? Yeah, I think pain is a, it's an incredibly important thing to notice um, and, and, and document because often pain causes disturbances with all those vital signs you reference, increased uh, people with uncontrolled pain or pain often have an elevated heart rate. They may be breathing faster. And it's important to acknowledge in the context of the patient because it could be something else going on. Uh, something else could be wrong with the body, but pain could absolutely cause some perturbations of these vital signs. I think it's important to note, Greg, too, that there was a huge initiative, as you mentioned, about the fifth vital sign, and that was pain. And the American Pain Society really championed this in the, the mid-90s. 
And this is where I think well-meaning things with pain got a little out of hand and people were in pain. They needed more what we call opioid pain medications, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. And we have a problem in the United States with these. And it was if people have uncontrolled pain, they need more opioid medication. And this is back before we really were in the problem that we're in now in the United States and the world with opioids. And I think that um, we've learned that it's just not that simple. And really, our job is, you know, obviously acutely treat people's pain and chronically treat people's pain effectively with multiple modalities of treatment and try to minimize the long-term use of opioids uh, due to the problems we have in America right now. So absolutely, pain is an important thing to note. It's obviously monitored by the Joint Commission. You need to treat people's pain. And really on the chronic or long-term side, we're really trying to offer alternatives to minimize and reduce opioid usage um, due to the chronic risks of opioids. Okay, and in the care of pain, um, do you first uh, try to come up with uh, pain uh, methods or uh, processes that uh, may not involve uh, medication at all? Um, Some folks uh, think that uh, you need to have medication in order to uh, manage pain and that uh, may have fed a little bit into the, uh, the opioid medications. Um, do you try to find the most effective care that uh, may not necessarily involve the uh, heaviest medication? Yeah, I think that's exactly what we try to do in a nutshell is we try to, we obviously start with examining the patient, you know, getting the records, uh, collaborating with you know, allied health professionals, and this is often with physical therapists, occupational therapists, their primary care doctor, maybe the surgeon. Uh, and we are looking to, number one, identify their source of pain. And again, match that pain up with the best available treatment. And typically, that treatment is we try to be more conservative uh, at first and not just throw medications at people left and right. I think that's one of the big things about pain management is some people come And they think that's all we're trying to do is give them medication. And I challenge uh, those, I call them, you know, those are misconceptions. Uh, Some pain clinics uh, may do that. I think that Mercy One is is a strong program throughout the state. And we try to identify the source of pain and offer alternatives. And we start with more conservative options and usually non-pharmacologic options first. And that's physical therapy, over-the-counter options. You know, not to say that if someone acutely sprains their ankle or fractures, you know, a bone, that we may go right to medications. We have to treat people's pain. But that's where the evaluation comes in. But we try to obviously address the pain with the least invasive route possible and get the most facts we can to accurately treat the patient. But obviously, pharmacologic therapy is an important aspect of pain, both acute and chronic. And we just try to match up the patient's pain with the best medications as part of their comprehensive treatment plan, not the only thing. In uh, uh, assessing an individual uh, for uh, the treatment that they may need, uh, in many different disciplines, uh, there's technology that helps to assess uh, your heart rate uh, or uh, oxygenation or things like that. With pain, I've read it's not that simple because there really isn't an instrument that measures pain directly. Is, is that correct? And what do we do when, if there isn't an instrument? 
Yeah, and that that is a wonderful point, Greg. And I think that's the challenge of our field. And that's why some people just go, you know, how do you do this? Because there is nothing that can prove or disprove people's pain. If by nature of the definition, which I which is defined as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience, the person says they hurt, they're in pain. And uh, we all know this. There's some people that are in 10 out of 10 pain and they stub their toe. And there's the 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 pain with the massive trauma that are mangled extremities, just these horrific, horrific injuries. And that person may say they're nine out of 10 pain. And again, it is so variable and we do not have a magic test, a blood test, a CT MRI that can diagnose and and quantify people's pain. It is reliant on a good healthcare team, a good physical examination, trying to talk to the patient and, and often ordering tests to try to best pin down that source of pain and trying to treat that pain in an expeditious and safe manner. And again, it is very, very complicated and we don't have that magic tool. We can't take, I always tell patients, we can't take your blood pressure and if blood pressure is high, yes, everyone can see that. It's high. We know from studies that high blood pressure leads to stroke, heart attack, and, and, and various bad things. Pain, again, it's a very subjective thing, and we have to try to find the source and best treat that. Individuals might have encountered, uh, if they were in a clinic or if they were in, uh, in the hospital, um, a chart uh, that exists uh, or a, a, a graphic uh, that shows pain, and uh, you're, the individual is asked, how do you feel right now? And there are two versions. One's a numerical that asks with zero being the least pain and 10 being the highest, you know, how do you feel? And then there's a visual version that uh, has faces. And then uh, there are combinations of the two. How effective is that, especially if you're dealing with, say, a young child or someone who maybe doesn't speak the uh, uh, native language? Does this get to the information that then helps you make decision on other cases uh, or needs for testing? Absolutely. I think, you know, uh, as we just talked about, there's no magic uh, test that can prove or disprove people's pain. And um, often we are dealing with, um, you know, uh, not in our world necessarily in, in chronic pain. Chronic pain is relatively rare in children, fortunately. But yes, you, you know, the faces and what we call the visual analog scale um, or that one to 10, what's your pain today? Zero being no pain, 10 being the worst pain is one of the most validated tools in pain. So it is, it does have some diagnostic utility. It absolutely is great for uh, language barriers. Uh, young patients who maybe are scared or they don't, they can't, they can't describe their pain, but they can look at the face and go, man, that's crying. I'm crying. And they're three years old and they, they can get it. You also see the elderly. And as we know, we're living longer and uh, there's a lot of elderly people hospitalized for various reasons and people with dementia or with medication side effects. And often they can still accurately reflect their pain. I think that's important that we, we use those scales and we, we act on them. And often it's the number, the, the face we can look at, and that can be a baseline reference. So um, for example, if we're treating them and you come back a day later with your medications in the hospital or uh, follow up the next day with your primary care or whoever, um, you can trend that 
And if they go from a crying face to a, um, a smiling face and, you know, you know, you've made progress and even if they can't elucidate that. Um, so absolutely, um, multiple settings. It's very good. It's not, it's a good way to assess people's pain. And it's a great way to track people's pain and what you're doing if you're helping them. And uh, so for an uh, individual who's, uh, say, at home and all of a sudden they experience pain, um, what should they do? When do they know uh, they need to seek out uh, your services or that of a uh, primary care location to at least start the process of being assessed? Yeah, I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, I think, you know, pain is something that we need to take seriously. It affects everyone. It's the number two or three reason to visit the doctor, uh, depending on what study you read, um, typically back pain. And there's a lot of options. We have a lot of advanced therapies that we can offer. This is not, it's not just to come and get medication or, or um, get more pills thrown at you. It's trying to find the source of the pain, uh, identify it, and treat it. And working as a comprehensive team to improve your quality of life, to uh, increase functionality, that, that makes sense to you. And in your pain, that could be cancer pain. It could be chronic back pain. It could be abdominal pain. Uh, there's all different. It could be diabetic neuropathy. Uh, I mean, there are so many different types of pain. And we usually have medications or treatment for all that. And often we collaborate with your primary care provider, um, various specialists, and we work as a team to best help you. So if your pain is bothering you, and it's getting worse. Um, you know, absolutely. I say talk. Usually, start with your primary care, your surgeon, and and you know, you can easily say, I want to talk to a pain specialist to know what my options are and how they can help me. And we're happy to have a consult and and go over why we think you hurt, and give you options as part of a coordinated care team uh, to best help you uh, get through that and manage that pain going forward. Okay. And so um, I guess what I hear as uh, the main advice, if you have pain, you don't have to suffer through it or try to make it through it. There are people who can help. So don't be afraid and start the process to get that help by talking uh, to a healthcare uh, physician, it'd be a primary care or a pain specialist such as you. Absolutely. And I, I, I say it too many times. I, I tell patients, I wish I had you earlier because uh, they, they're just mind blown with the options that we can offer. And, you know, not everything works. Uh, every, it, there's a lot of variability. And usually we have multiple different options, again, working at something more conservative. And, you know, we do have more aggressive options and that may be surgical or, or, or more interventional. Um, but we work through that progression and we don't do those to do those. We do those to try to help you with your pain and make you more functional and not let pain control or rule your life. And I think that, again, I tell patients every day, as I mentioned before, that I wish I had you earlier. And I think, you know, we're trying to do a better job of outreach for pain and uh, let patients know there, there are options to help. And we would love to try to help you. Thank you, Dr. Moyes, very much for spending some time and sharing your thoughts and great information uh, with those who take advantage of listening to this podcast. And my guess is that the field of pain is so broad that uh, down the road, we may be reaching out to you again to uh, see what some of the most recent advances are. So thank you very much. 
Thanks for having me, Greg, and everyone stay safe out there. You can find a pain care specialist near you at mercyone.org. While you're there, head over to mercyone.org slash podcast and leave some feedback on today's episode. There's a submission form and you'll find all of our other episodes. Until next time, live your best life. Thank you.